0: Welcome to the Speckled Truth Podcast. This is the only show dedicated to the conservation of the trophy trout population from the East Coast to the Gulf Coast. Here, we go below the surface to discuss what happens when science and anglers work together for a cause. So gear up with the crew as they talk about all things big speckled trout. Get ready for the slimy, salty truth, better known as the Speckled Truth. Hey everyone, want to welcome you back to the Speckle Tree Podcast? Got a super special guest today. Uh, actually drove through San Antonio um, voluntarily <laughs> on a Wednesday during traffic. Uh, certainly not to come here. Uh, he's buying a bow, but anyway, I got Captain Brett Sweeney um, here in the house, which is amazing. And and so I was telling him before we started, there's three folks that I've actually recorded a podcast with in the house. Uh, and that was pat murray john blaha and now brett sweeney so brett man welcome to the show buddy
1: man thanks for having me episode 12 i like it season uh, three man can't believe we waited this long <laughs> we were supposed to get this this <laughs> okay. going a, a while ago but hey i'm glad i could make it i'm sure i backed out on one or two of those so i felt you know it was only right if i sweat through and nah, made man. it happen brother
0: it's all good buddy we we're supposed to do it on monday and um, just the, the plans, I guess, didn't work out. You were coming up, uh, up this way. And so, Hey, um, God has aligned us, uh, in the right time and place, uh, to record this. And so, man, we got to really, as we were talking about a year and a half ago, the biggest thing was, is we were kind of sharing some thoughts and we're I like, do, we got to get this done. And, and again, those dates just couldn't align. And so the topics that we were kind of covering, uh, in, in kind of various phone calls uh, I felt was pretty relevant to, Hey man, we, we got to get that kind of in an audio file. Um, and you definitely have a story to tell and, 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 things of that nature. But before we get too far into it, Brett, uh, if you can, man, tell us a little bit about, or tell the listeners a little bit, a little bit about yourself, uh, maybe how you got into fishing and certainly how you got into guiding.
1: Well, so I was pretty fortunate. Uh, I grew up in a small town of Guy, Texas, which is about 30 minutes south of sugar land and uh there wasn't really much to do in in good old guy texas except hunting and fishing and Mm -hmm. i was real blessed to have a have a dad that took me and my brother pretty much anytime we wanted to go and anytime he could go so he definitely got us got us started on that and uh fortunate to have somebody to introduce me in outdoors like he did
0: Mm -hmm. now uh i know trout fishing is kind of your your big deal right but uh, I know it's not your only deal. Uh, huge, right. huge hunter. Uh, and so if you can, kind of the, the outdoors, kind of what are the, some of the things that you enjoy doing outside yep. so, of trout fishing?
1: You know, definitely trout fishing with, with lures is my favorite thing to do in the world. Uh, I love to bow hunt. Uh, pretty much, you can ask the wife and family anything that'll that'll bite, or we can hunt. You know, we've done it. and I, I enjoy it. But uh, I really, really like Catching stuff on lures, you know yeah. that's anything that'll bite. But you know, trout are definitely special to me. Uh, it's just been a passion for for a long time now.
0: Is there a specific uh, instance uh, with your family or your dad uh, in which uh, that resonates with you and kind of fueled the fire of you kind of getting into to targeting trout?
1: So when I was young, my aunt and uncle actually had a house in Chincapin, which is a a small little fishing village, I would call it. I don't even know if you'd call it a community uh, in between Matagorda and Sargent. And uh, we would go there at night and, and catch trout and redfish mm-hmm. in the lights at night on a uh, spec rigs. And I always remember there, that water would get clear in there at certain times of the year mm-hmm. and we couldn't catch them just on anything, you know, and you could see them and they would be busting bait and stuff. And we just couldn't figure out how to catch them. And that, that challenge is what, Allured me to them, you know. Uh, we finally started figuring out some stuff, trying new stuff, you know. And the older we got, we'd work a little bit in the summer and could afford better tackle and lures and stuff. So it was just ever since seeing them under those lights where you couldn't get them to bite and stuff, just always that 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 made me really want to chase them and figure out how to how yeah. they ticked.
0: Now, um, so how long you been guiding, Brett?
1: I'm on year seven now. Okay. Okay.
0: Now the the ten year old self. If you could look back, uh, would the ten-year-old self kind of see himself as a as a in the guiding profession?
1: Uh, I would maybe say no, but I I probably if you'd ask my mother or father, they would probably say yes. I man, from from as little as I could remember, you know, most kids probably at Christmas would ask for toys and and certain different things, and I would ask for hunting and fishing VHS tapes so I could just put them on (laughs) repeat and watch them. You know, I was just ate up with it from from day one. Uh, It it was on my mind 24/7 and you know i uh i told my mom i don't remember it was one day in high school and i said uh i'm going to figure out a way how to make money in the outdoors you know and and make a living and uh, of course she laughed and she was oh, okay yeah, well, yeah just just go to college and we'll see <laughs> so but you know that that drive i would just sit in the yard at times and just cast it, it was crazy i don't it was just uh it was in me and that's all i've ever to this day, it's you know 24-7, fishing mm-hmm. or hunting. One of the two. It's on my mind, and uh, we've been fortunate enough to make it work.
0: Yeah, I share the same sentiment. Uh, obviously, we're sitting here in the fishing room, and, and my boys who you just met can attest, um, man, I I can tell you, one, I'm breaking down reels, just cleaning them and stuff like that. My neighbors think I'm a, a crazy person because I'll basically, once I repair them and stuff like that, I go out in our cul-de-sac right here.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> make a
0: cast across the cul-de-sac uh, mainly just to make sure it's clear, right. Come back in here, tie new leaders, tiny lot. Like you can see, man, I'm ready to rock and roll for the next one. But it, this is kind of, uh, a, a space for me in, inside my own home where it's really where I get away. And so, yeah, from tying knots to tinkering with tackle to, you yeah, know, fixing, you know, rods or reels or whatever it is. And and the, the reality, and it's to your point, which is dude, it never leaves the mind. Never. <laughs> like it's kind of crazy really. for that next. Yeah, bite. no, it's, it's, it's
1: cra- crazy. It's, uh, I you know, I'm sure there's other things other people do, sure. you know, that makes them tick or and have their hobby, but it's uh it's amazing how something can consume you like like it has. I mean it's 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 kind of unreal, you know. I go to bed thinking about it and I wake up thinking about it and usually lay at night rolling around still thinking about it. Yeah. So no, it's fair. It's uh it's awesome. You got I think you have to have that drive to to really be successful at whatever you're wanting to do, you know, uh, when that's all you've wanted to do for so long, you know, you'll, you'll find a way to make it yeah. work.
0: But I mean, and in, in we we will get to that here in a sec, but aside from being a, a guide, uh, outside of, actually in the middle coast, right. in in, yes. in Matagorda area, um, you know, fishing tournaments and, and as a competitive guy, we we're just talking, right. Uh, who played sports, um, you get it, man. And so he had Leroy on the, on the podcast and we're talking a little bit about Leroy, but, um, so yeah, I mean, you, you have multiple different facets of really kind of, um, yeah, your outlet, right? You, you not only fish for a living, but then you also kind of fish competitively, which is kind of, you know, feeding that uh, urge. And then obviously you have, you know, you're hunting and, and all that stuff, man. So uh, certainly the, the ultimate outdoorsman for you, but man, I, I can tell you it's as a guy who drives to work every day in the air force, you know, 18 years, no active duty. Um, there's not a day that goes by where I'm not like, damn, man, I'm looking at the weather. I can tell you with wind finders saying pretty much all the time and <laughs> looking know, at majors and minors. And I'm like, why am I sitting in this office? Uh, so,
1: Well, we appreciate no, you doing yeah, that though. I mean, yeah. we have, we definitely have to have people like you and not all like me and just ate up with <laughs> the fun stuff.
0: Well, Sue, man, hopefully I'll join the ranks, man, of uh, uh, of being out there you know, certainly much more than what I currently am, but we'll get there. Uh, so getting back to guiding. Uh, so what was like, or, or what's the most rewarding part about being a guide? Is there a certain instant where you were like, man, this is really what I was called to do. This is like the most fulfilling part of this profession. Is is there uh, an experience or something that, that stands out to you?
1: Definitely. You know, now that I've been doing it long enough and I've built a decent amount of uh, repeat clientele that, it's, it's amazing to watch how they've progressed. And I think that's the best thing, you know, and, and not just, uh, people waiting with me, throwing lures for big trout, but I've got some kids that I've taken for five or six years that, you know, they stand on front of the boat, whether we're just catching redfish out of the boat. And that's just amazing how you can stand there and watch them. And they're like, Oh, there he is, you know, and let them yep. swim off and, and set the hook. And it's just amazing to watch the progression of people. It's, uh, it's, that's the most rewarding thing by far. Yeah. So, um, I think it was
0: Pat Murray in his podcast was saying something along those lines, which was, you know, seeing the evolution of some of these, where now they were, you know, little Johnny twelve years old, now they're, you know, twenty five year old, and that instance that you had them on that boat, maybe one time, maybe a couple times, and how much uh, of an important role that was in their life, Uh, and so I don't know if you've had that that kind of fulfillment, but but to that point is man, how much of, uh, an interface you have with the general public and how much an impression, that's the word I'm looking for, uh, you have with your clientele, really not just in fishing, but really in all facets of life.
1: Yeah. You know, it's just one thing pops in mind when you were talking about that fulfillment. Uh, I guess that was December, maybe this year, I've had a guy, he's been fishing with me, I guess three or four years now. And it's amazing, you know, the progression he's made. But we used to always joke, me and a, another guy, buddy, he fished with him a little bit too. And he'd say, boy, if if I'll just say his David, if David caught him, boy, they must be chewing the prop off the lower <laughs> unit, you know. Yeah. And uh, you can't really say that anymore because he's gotten so much better, you know, he can stand next to you and catch him. And, and this year, uh, I actually got to watch him catch his personal best. And it just goes to show I'd caught a few good fish and I kind of let them slide to where I was. And it was funny. He made a cast, and he was like, "Well, how do they want it?" You know, and that's something he yeah. would have never asked three years ago. And I said, "Man, you, you know, couple bangs, pause." And he, and he said, "Are they hitting it on the pause or to move?" And he was literally looking at me, and I watched that whole rod tip mm-hmm. shake. And it was this uh, twenty nine and a quarter incher. And watching him get so fired up and freaking out, trying to grab it. You know, that's what it's about. I can I could go without catching another big one, but watching that's pretty dang awesome. It, it, man,
0: that that kind of really stole. Uh, maybe my, my next question, which was, was there a certain story or big trout that stands out to you, um, during your guiding endeavor and as a, as a full-time guide that kind of just stands out to you. And it, it sounds like that may be one of them. Yeah,
1: that's definitely one of them. And watching the guys that earn it, you know, you'll, you'll have some people that will walk out there and their first time waiting ever catch a big one. Well, I, you know, that's great. I mean, I love when they do that. It makes my life way better. (laughs) But, you know, it makes it way more satisfying to watch those guys that have worked and progressed and they listen to not just me but other guys on, on social media and stuff, and they've honed their skills so much that you watch them and you're like, now I can just – I don't even almost have to worry about them. I can just lay out the plan, lay out the pattern, and they can go follow it. And that's a thats a big deal. I mean, it it's, uh, it's made my life a lot easier too, watching them make that progression.
0: Yeah, so how do you approach like, you know, uh, and I guess it – is really dictated based off of the angler expertise if you will uh, but like how do you lay out a plan of like and I guess it's obviously condition specific as well but um you know if you have like a you know a group on your boat like are you pretty much like all right guys this is what we're kind of looking at right here and kind of explaining the situation and then you all right go yeah
1: well, no well generally you know We'll usually have that conversation on the phone beforehand, at least if you're a new person. You know, are we just trying to go get some bites? Or are we focusing on one thing or the other thing or, you know, what, what the plan is? And a lot of times, and I, I don't say this as a, as a negative to some stuff, but a lot of times you can just see when they walk up to your boat, if they're new people, what kind of tackle gear, mm-hmm. and you'll know what, you know, your plan might change right then. <laughs> you know, yeah. you, you might have had something in your head, and you're like, yeah, probably need to back off and we'll go start somewhere else and, and just try to get a few bites and see how comfortable they are and, 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 you know, go from there. But it's definitely a day by day basis mm-hmm. on who yeah. you got or, or what the plan is. You know, I've got some guys that'll go stand out there all day. And if they don't catch one, we were fishing for the one and they're fine with that. And you've got some people that say they want to do that, but about an hour in, they're like, well, you know, I guess it's just going to be one of them day. So then you got to slide out and get them some bites. But, uh, you know, each day is a little different.
0: Yeah, that's man, that's got to be so tough. And actually, Joe Prado and I were talking just really about that. Some people have like the hunger for looking for the one and like truly mean it, and then some people say it.
1: Man, it's hard. And, and I mean it.
0: And then when it when it going gets tough, you know, and you're making a sausage and it and it's ugly as hell, uh, that's when it, it'll test the metal uh, of your kind of mental fortitude. And so,
1: absolutely, that's where. Especially like this time of your wintertime fishing, like your windows can be real narrow. So you've, you know, that patience in between that window can be, yeah. can be pretty tough. But
0: Was there a certain time kind of as you were, uh, you know, really in your own angling career where you made that jump? Or do you think that was kind of something that came natural to you?
1: I think a little of both, right? Like you can watch bass guys. You, you, if you watch all kinds of different levels of fishermen, there is certain people that just have it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's guys that I know some people that won't fish for a year and they'll co- show up and catch big ones just they got it in them, mm-hmm. you know. And you can definitely be taught a lot of stuff, but there's definitely certain mental things that just click and you've got that, I call it a fish head or a fishy brain. You just, yeah. you, it's instincts. Like my brother's a good example. I mean, he, it doesn't matter if it's a crappie, a catfish, a trout. It, it just doesn't matter. He'll go catch it. Yeah. You know, and he hadn't been there he'll show up and hadn't been there in five months and go catch a 28, 29 inch. He just, he's, he's fishy, you know, Yeah. and that's something you can't teach and he'll go do it on his own. He don't want any advice. He don't want to know where, when, what he just, he'll go figure it out. And that's some people just have that.
0: Yeah. And and I've experienced that. One of my best friends, Kyle Perry, a military guy, kind of one of those guys. And now he's had the, uh, the ability to live different places as a result of the military. And so, I've talked about him before, man, he can, he's literally punched, you know, big bass on the Potomac. He's drop shotted in Lake Berryessa, you know, he's caught trout and sheep's head and in and Biloxi and, and now trout here and, and big trout. Right. I mean, this is a guy like he's, he's caught smallmouth and small creeks, <laughs> you know, he's like, if it's a fish, like if you ask me to bet on like a dude, like to go right. catch a fish, I'm like, okay, I got that guy, you know? Cause yeah, to your point, man, some of those guys just have that, but you know, when you're talking about the big trout game to some extent and kind of the that mental fortitude, yeah, some dudes have it, but um, for you, I mean, like you said, kind of maybe it was kind of a little bit of both. It's hard to teach that to people. And I can only imagine, man, being a guide to where people say that and then like, ooh, uh, we, we're going to have to adjust course here. and, and uh, Yeah, definitely. So anyway, but all right, so I read an article uh this morning uh actually about Ben Grimes and so just made me think a little bit about it and actually I was test texting Lowell um about his like, hey man, what do you want me to ask Brett? Uh or what should I ask him or avoid? And so he's like, nah man, he's wide <laughs> he open. He yeah, he's know. like, he's wide open, dude. <laughs> nah, he's like, but I don't know if you knew this, but uh actually Brett was one of the ones that was kinda of tinkering around a garage man back in the day. And so uh painting corkies and stuff like that. So you're actually holding a pistachio. So yep. you know um talk to me a little bit about kind of that experience and and kind of maybe being around Lowell and I'm i I'm, I would assume Jay and, and, and others, man. So, so tell me a little bit about that and maybe some of your mentors.
1: So I, you know, I definitely, Lowell has, has played a big part in, and not just, you know, paint baits and custom lures and stuff like that. You know, I've known him when I would pull up there, he would open the garage and he was like, well, here's the spray gun. Here's the paints I got, you know, do what you got to do and uh you'd never know i mean there were some people walk in there that you know as a kid you're just your eyes get big and you don't even say anything you just kind of move to the corner let the big boys talk and you just stay out of the way but he's he's done a lot for me it's not just as far as being a fishing guide or a lure guy he just he has real good sound advice because he's going to tell you the truth there's one thing about him is he's not going to bs you you know either which way and uh He's done a lot for me as as far as not just becoming a guide, but a man. Uh, he's he's definitely helped me a lot. Yeah.
0: I can attest to that, man, from marital advice <laughs> to I just came out of squadron command for the Air Force. Uh, I was having some issues with some of my troops. And, hey, man, how, what are your thoughts on navigating? He has no idea what.
1: Well, I can tell gonna... you messed up already if you asked him for his thoughts because he's going to talk for. <laughs> That's fair. Like when when my phone rings and there's a low of you <laughs> You either got to walk outside and just be prepared to be gone for a long time or you better have an off day or something because you're going to be there a while for sure. And he's going to talk about everything from turkey hunting to painted baits to everything. You'll get it all all in one dose for sure. That's fair though, man. But I will tell you, man, he will not hold back in terms of calling
0: you with, you know, uh, bad words and and saying that you effed up and all that other stuff, right? I mean, he – but – to that point, man. I mean, it's a rare breed uh, for having a guy who's that unfiltered and 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 sadly, uh, actually not sadly, uh, that truthful. Because it hurts sometimes, man. And sometimes here, but yeah, that's amen. that
1: good old school tough love. You yeah. know, he's not saying it out of hate. He's saying it to yeah for a lesson. So one of your mentors for sure, definitely, yep. definitely. And uh, <clears throat> you know, there's a Captain Tom Brown in Matagorda. He's a he's an old salty guy, and, and he's definitely showed me a lot about being a fishing guide and, and how to treat people and how to go about your day and how to show up, present yourself. And, you know, there's so much more to being a... F- I see all these young guys now trying to get... And they want to be fishing guides, which is great. More power to you. But it's, it's so much more to it than just, hey, I can go catch fish. And that was the main thing I'd I had learned. I struggled for the first couple of years because I would just think, oh, I know how to catch fish that's going to translate perfectly to this business. And that's, if anything, that's the complete opposite. I mean, mm. it's all about, that's one thing about Jay too, is Jay Watkins. He is, he can put into words so well into what's in his head. Sometimes, you know, I struggle with that, but it's amazing how he can just articulate what's going on in his head to the exact detail. And, and that's why he's, you know, one of the best teachers in the game.
0: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt is that a guy who uh you kind of model your game after in terms oh, of being absolutely. a guy.
1: I mean, how can you not? That guy you talk about a fish head. I mean, good <laughs> yeah. lord. That it's just it's entertaining to watch him and still at that age to have that fire. You know, I pray that's what I'm doing at his age and still out there kicking butt and and after it every day all day and but yeah, any anybody that would say anything bad about him probably just hasn't been around <laughs> long enough, you know right. what I mean? No, that's fair.
0: All right, so uh shifting gears a little bit uh over to the Legend Saltwater series uh, and we were man just touching I'm like nope, nope, stop' because we want to get into that uh in the podcast, but um and uh, the legend saltwater si- series and so uh your teammates uh Clayton Wessels and Jake Ludeke, uh, and you guys, um uh, just really kicking some tail man for and and honestly man in full transparency for me. That's when I started to kind of see your name kind of pop up, was kind of following the legends and stuff like that. And, and that's when you guys were really kicking some tail. And that, that might have been those years that you were talking about where you all were kind of a bridesmaid uh, two years no, in a row definitely. before being a bride, man. But
1: We had a heck of a run for sure. And hopefully that run isn't over. But, uh, man, there was a stretch there where it's, amazing. it's no different than any other sport, right? You get in a role, you get on a rhythm. It's just whatever decision you make is just the right one and yeah. it, it, we had things happen that you almost can't explain and uh you know we were rolling good and it wasn't just the legend series i mean it seemed like just anything we would touch would just turn into gold for a while and it was amazing i definitely it was definitely a good ride that that we'll never forget you know we were young and everybody was mad at it jake didn't own the store and clayton's kids were real young and we would just take off and go and you know that was our priority and uh That little run, that stretch, has afforded me a lot of exposure, and you know, with not just people, but but lure companies and boat companies and Mm -hmm. and all that stuff. So it's it's definitely been a big player for me.
0: Yeah, were were those uh, your two original teammates? They were. We
1: we kind of I fished a few redfish tournaments back in the day with Coleman Todd and Josh Finch, Uh, but anytime there was a kind of a bigger team deal. It was always us three. We, we were hard at it for sure. Yeah.
0: No, that's good, man. Uh, again, dabbled a little bit in the kind of redfish, uh, series and stuff like that. And so it was fun, man. I, I really empathize with, you know, the competitive nature of tournament fishing. Uh, that's why I don't do it anymore, man. Cause I like to enjoy fishing. Well, so
1: here's what's funny about <laughs> and the that conditions. Yeah. Here's what's, well, the conditions. Yeah. Now <laughs> like, like the one starting tomorrow or Friday, what's it? Uh, today's yeah. was, I guess so in two days. I'm not going to miss missing that one at all. You know, 44 degrees, 25 miles an hour out of the north. Whew, I'll be glad I'm not there. But uh, it's uh, it's amazing the memories we've made doing that. And it's funny you said the stress, but that to me, when we would tournament fish that way, it was almost like a vacation for me, believe it or not, because mm-hmm. I could go stand and do what I wanted to do all day to catch yeah. one. You know, as a guy, you really don't get to do that. And that was – that's how I like – I will go stand up there for my one bite all day and not worry yeah. about it for two seconds. That's, that's just what I want to do. That's what I like to do. So fishing that way in a tournament perfect for me because I'm, I'm there for one reason and one reason only, and that's yeah. to catch a big one. And that's, that's how I love to fish.
0: Yeah, no, I, I mean, for me, at least on the redfish side, was, yeah, not only finding fish, pretty fish, and, you know, find the right school of fish, and then certainly, man, hoping, oh, man – praying that there's no boat that beats yeah. us there and then once you get there you're, all right man so then you got to capitalize on every bite you get and then once you actually get that fish in a the boat then you got to worry about fish care then you're like oh shit okay uh condition shifted a little bit we're gonna have a long ass run it's gonna be wet and, and painful and and like all these factors kind of come into play man we pulled in a you know uh check in with like two minutes of spare and a whole time where they were like we're not gonna make it <laughs> like it sucks dude we got like 60 and a half pound bag and so, so i'll work. say
1: red redfish tournament is definitely a lot different than a trout tournament right yeah that's almost a numbers do you need to yeah. go through them catch as many as you can hope for the right perfect one that that's the only difference there is i'm trying to catch the absolute biggest trout i can like there's no that that's the the chain i, I won't be mad that he's a quarter inch over yeah, 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 yeah. I, i'm there to that's catch fair. the man you know and that the boat deal has definitely changed in the last couple of years. It it used to not be that way. Back in the old days, seventy miles an hour, you were, you, you were the fuck, you were wherever you wanted to be first. And now we we'll go seventy and it's <laughs> you're like, yeah, it's like you're sitting still. It's it's insane. But uh that's definitely that's that's what's crazy is that's the more stress of it now. And, you know, everybody's gotten so good too. Yeah. Every you know, the mapping, the the knowledge out there, you know, everybody's gotten so good. And even even if they're not, they're catching them, they can just be in your way. You know, and that's, that's something you can't control. And that's that fast boat stuff. You know, there's been plenty of times that we've pulled up. And, but we've, we've won tournaments on plan C more than plan A. Mm-hmm. You know, that, I think pre-fishing and a lot of what people do is a little blown out of proportion because then they get hooked to that, right? They find something pre-fishing this, we're going to live and die by this. Well, that's you're usually going to die by yeah. that, you know, more than flourish on that. You know, you've got to be able to pull the plug when it's time to be pulled and and make game time decisions. And I think that's what we all do very well, as as in us three, when we were fishing together, is we never really had an argument. I mean, it was amazing how we just jive. Somebody make a decision, let's do it. Let's go. Let's make it work, you know. And even if it wasn't something I didn't want to do or claim, we got out and we fished as hard as we could because you have one job to get yours.
0: Yeah. Uh, Was there a certain... uh... Uh, time or, or event uh, where kind of all those things came into play where um, that kind of stands out to you. I mean, talking with Leroy, one of those was like, basically when they uh, they had won, um, he basically knew, man, like his teammate, and actually to some extent, I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but Leroy was like, man, okay, this is going to happen. And so sure sure enough, it kind of did. And he was like, dude, it's amazing how like the stars align and it just worked out. And so you ask him, you can see his, his eyes kind of gloss over, and he goes back to that particular event. Is there something like that in tournament fishing uh, in a Legends or, or another event that kind of stands out to
1: you? There's a couple. Of, we were fortunate to have a handful of just incredible moments, but, you know, there was one. I'm going to say that was the year we won Team of the Year, I believe. I think it was Port Aransas, and we had nothing to go on. I mean, no. I mean, it was bad. We were struggling, and we decided that night. I mean, it was – one in the morning, and we're sitting up stressed yeah. out. And we said, we're just gonna go swing to just catch one big one, maybe win big trout, and that's just what we're gonna do. And mm-hmm. we made a really long run, and and we pull up, and I'll never forget, Jake caught like a 21-inch red and like a 16-inch trout on a topwater. And we were just walking up kind of to the juice, and I told him, I'm like, look, if they're there, when we get up here shallower, it could be the deal and I, it was funny. I mean, not, I'm, this isn't a brag or, or nothing like that, but I, I told them just cause I had caught some of my biggest fish of my life there. Mm-hmm. So I had so much confidence. It was ridiculous. And I thought, I said, I'm gonna walk up there and catch a big one. And I walked up there and in five minutes caught an eight pounder. Well, then that gives them so much confidence seeing that. So then, you know, it's off to the races and, and we have a big sack day one. And, uh, I think our big fish then I had an eight eighty six and then the next day I had an eight ninety six. You know, just God. just one of those deals. And it, it was crazy, you know, day two, uh, we pull up there and it's dead slick, calm, and foggy. I throw a gringo fat boy out there and I'm burning it in real high and the water just starts shaking all around it and I was like, Oh God, there's <laughs> she's come and she didn't bite it in my next cast I threw in there and I caught that eight ninety six, you know, and just, that, that's one of those, because mm. we had another, I mean, we went from just praying to catch one to, you know, I think that was the one we set the two day record in, I, I forget. I think we had 27 and some change and then a high 29 the next day, so. And that was with, I think we had a four and a five pound red, if I'm not mistaken. So we just had crazy trout stringers that, yeah. that deal, but that is definitely one that I'll never ever forget.
0: We're excited to introduce a new Texas-based sponsor, Hook and Bullet Purpose-Built Optics. Recognizing all our gear is purpose-built and high-tech, the guys at Hook and Bullet got tired of wearing fashion-driven quote-unquote fishing sunglasses with antiquated lens technology. And because chasing monster trout along grass ledges and potholes is different than pitching a bait to billfish, they've partnered with Zeiss to scientifically formulate lenses to optimize your specific pursuit. Let's face it, we spend a lot of time and money looking for that big bite. So do yourself a favor and check out hookandbullet.life, that's dot life, backed by a 30-day fishing guarantee. You're sure to find a pair of purpose-built optics to help you maximize every opportunity. Down South Lures has been making lures for the inshore angler for years now, and it's easy to see why. From their four-inch southern shad to their much larger DSL supermodel, to the three inch burner shed. Their versatility is really in every angler's arsenal. Better yet, they're actually made here in the USA as well. So support this Texas brand that supports you, the fisherman. And next time, go check out the hashtag swims in a fall action of a down south floor. Real Sportswear humbly started making shirts for a few local fishermen. Rooted in simplicity and utility, Reel's minimalist approach is a reflection of what binds the fishing industry together. Now found throughout many coastal retailers, their lineup of comfortable and functional gear aims to make your time in the water a success. So next time you're gearing up, wear with guides wear, and consider Reel Sportswear. Despite its unique name, Stinky Pants Fishing has been making wade fishing gear for the Texas Angler for years. Located here in Texas, They make anything from boga floats to boxes, stringers to wade fishing straps, really anything that the inshore angler needs to make their time on the water more efficient and more effective. So check them out at StinkyPantsFishing.com and get some equipment to make you a better wade fisherman. I want to welcome Waterloo Rods as our Season 3's newest sponsor. Located in Victoria, Texas, Waterloo builds some of the most functional rods for any inshore application. Whether you're in the market for a carbon mag, an HP light, or a slam mag, or their Salinity series, definitely check them out. Also, check out their Waterloo Pro Shop, which carries most, if not everything, that the inshore angler needs here along the Texas coast. So next time you're in the market for a rod, definitely check out Waterloo Rods, and you might as well fish the best. Lure is an iconic brand found in almost every inshore angler's arsenal. From their 17 or 27 MRs, to the mirror mullet or the top dog even their soft plastic lineup as well as the paul brown series fat boys these lures have been trusted by many anglers across the gulf coast and beyond so next time you're out there looking to fire up a bite remember tie on a mirror lure and turn on the bite Texas custom lures and the original custom Corky are back again for season three sponsors and we couldn't be more appreciative. These lures and colors which are produced by some of the most renowned anglers up and down the Texas coast have been producing for decades. So whether it's a double D or a fat boy floater and plum nasty Texas turnip, just to name a few, remember next time you're looking for that next big bite, the big girls aren't colorblind. Now today, uh, as you were texting me, you're like, this is fitting, uh, that, um, today, literally today, February 15th. Uh, so for those listening today's February 15th, if you don't know, um, but today in popped up in your Facebook memories, man, uh, a giant trout. So share, share some.
1: So it's funny. You just brought that up. We literally caught those fish in that tournament where that fish <laughs> came from. <Fred. laughs> That's a good coincidence, well, but yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, that was, it. You know, I'll tell you a back, funny backstory of that. So I caught that fish, and that was back in the day when. I guess I can say it. if you, if you were in the back, which I guess most people will know what that is, but if you were in the back, if you saw a boat, you kind of knew who it was. You know, it ain't like it is now where everybody yeah. fishes back there, but, and it was Leroy, and I was actually taking a picture of that fish when they drove by. And I'll never forget, Leroy came up, and it was before like a Trout Masters or something. That's yeah. how old it's been. But he, uh, he come up, he's like, oh, God, man, whatever y'all do, just don't, don't tell anybody about that. No? Please, please, please. You know, and it's, yeah. it's just funny. That's, and that's kind of the first time I ever really talked to Leroy and Travis and them. So, yeah. And now we're friends, and we stay at each other's house when we fish and stuff. It's that's all cool. good. So tell everybody how big that fish was. Uh, it was a little over 10 pounds and, and 31 inches my god definitely big ones
0: yeah well we were talking about it so i'm gonna get uh, a five my five 30 inch trout uh new wave stringer and trying to figure out a spot maybe where i can put that and then you bust out yeah man my five how many double digits do you have five is it five my god my how many 30s you think you
1: got oh you know i I stopped at 27 (laughs) when i started that's but amazing. you know, I mean, yeah, 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 when no. you're young and that's all you're doing is yeah. fishing. And back, people don't realize, man. I'm telling you, back then it was. I'm not gonna say it was easier, but it was a lot more common. Yep. I mean, I, out of all of those and most of those have been five plus years ago. Yeah. I mean, it, it it is very difficult to catch one now. It's it's nothing like it was, and you know, I'm sure we'll touch on that as well, this goes on. But I
0: think that's a phenomenal segue. Yeah, actually, I
1: mean, to that, it uh. It's almost, I, t- I tell my customers, at least my regulars, because I don't want to get everybody in a yeah. downer mood, but it's amazing the difference. And I, and let me preface this by saying, I'm talking about the bay I fish in most, East Matagorda Bay. It's it's crazy the shape it's in now compared to what it was. Uh, and not for the better. Look,
0: can I talk about that? Here Absolutely. To say, all right, so I, I was doing some prep. Uh, this is for everybody else uh, that's listening. And so... I was doing some prep for today's conversation because it really did dovetail into the previous conversation that we had. But I really wanted to see and maybe get a little bit better understanding of, yeah, kind of maybe where the, the Texas coast is at to some extent. And certainly East Matagorda Bay since I got the guy here. Uh, and so um, the Dirty 30 and Citation Program, the state citation program that we run here at, at Speckled Truth, um, we've done this since 2017. I'm not trying to plug this program, but really this is kind of what we were intending uh, when we started the program was kind of just kind of have a running tally to kind of something to come back to. Um, and so it's only fitting that it's today that it's that it's kind of showing a little bit of that trend, which is what we were kind of hoping. And so I'll read this off uh, here in a sec. So I was kind of digging through our spreadsheets and our catch data and our citation in dirty 30. so For context, uh, in 2017 to 2018, and this is just Dirty 30 fish, so fish over 30 inches, there were 46 total registered in the state of Texas, Uh, 11 of which of those came from East Matagorda Bay. All right, in 2018, the the next year, just Dirty 30s. So just in 2018 to 2019, there were 70 uh, Dirty 30s, again, total across the Texas coast, 13 of which came from East Matagorda Bay. In 2019 to 2020, there were 52 dirty 30s across the Texas coast, 11 of which came from East Matagorda Bay. And so obviously the trend is upward. I don't necessarily attribute that to maybe people catching more dirty 30s, uh, but maybe because the program was still in its infancy in 2017 to then 2019 to 2020, right? But it still showcases the, the amount of big 30 inch trout that were caught. Okay, but also in that year in 2019 and 2020, we started the state citation program which was for fish over 27 inches. And this is, this is important as well because there were 195 total citation trout registered in the state of Texas over 27 inches, right? All right, so then we get to the freeze year. Uh, or post-freeze, right, in 2020, 2021, there were 49 total citations, total. That's every state. That's all nine states, 10 of which came from the state of Texas.
1: Yeah, that's crazy.
0: Bro. And and so I'll look back as well. And so obviously those numbers came up. Actually, I have that right here. Uh, In 2021 to 2022, uh, I have that right here. We have 158 uh, total citations. Now, I don't have that by state, or at least at my fingertips. But in short, uh, it still shows the popularity of the program. Um, it just shows that after the the freeze, man,
1: we saw a huge impact. Oh, absolutely. You know, and I don't think it's just the freeze. I think, you know, in my opinion, East Matagorda was, you know, look, every basis system is going to cycle, right? I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a big believer in those fish will – will pack their bags at certain, you know, whatever Mother Nature throws at them, they're, they're going to adjust to it. You know, barring a, a fish-killing freeze, right? They can't run from that. But what I mean by that is when we were having some of those on-fire years, I would say from like, what, 2013 to 2017-ish, 17. you yeah. know, that bay was, was pretty dang good. But if if I remember right, you know, we were catching a pile of five to seven with some eight, you know, back in the day, you know, that 2005 to nine, we were catching a lot of seven to nines, you know, and I don't necessarily think it's the freeze. What happened is I think when we had all those five to sevens, that's when Trinity and all that Galveston stuff was just running fresh year after year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's nothing for those fish to pull out, get in the Gulf, swim down the beach, come in the next inlet and boom, they're in East Madagascar. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, You know, look at now, you know, we went and fished the legends last year in the Laguna, Upper Laguna Madre, and you're catching 18 inch trout that look like footballs and they ain't got spots. Well, that's not an Upper Lagoon fish, right? Like, I mean, so that's definitely fish that have came from somewhere. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, did some of our fish leave? Possibly. Did some of them die? Quite a few of them died. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think it's a mixture of stuff. You know, it sounds like they're fishing down south is still pretty solid, maybe yeah. not a bunch of big ones, but they're catching a lot of fish, which is which is good and hopeful. But, you know, there's some other things that are going on that besides the freeze that if something doesn't, isn't done, I think it's not going to be good.
0: Yeah. Now your approach uh, in terms of like your guiding endeavor and kind of what we're talking about is really, and, and, and this was timing, again, going back to a year and a half ago, which was fitting kind of more, recent to post freeze which was man how do we encourage people uh to again man kind of take care of a resource or, or 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 you know for some folks that say man that's not a problem you just can't fish or whatever it was and and okay there, there's probably that's probably
1: a keyboard warrior <laughs> that doesn't fish a lot or has not been fishing very long if they say yeah. that i mean that if you talk to anybody that's fished for a reasonable amount of time they'll probably tell you the truth yeah you know, and, and that's that's a word that's thrown around so much now on social media. I see it all the time. Epic day. Epic day. Epic. And it'll be four or five pounders and a six and a half. Well, that's, yeah. That was one Wade back in the day. You know, that... So, it, it's hard to... Some of these guys truly believe it's nothing wrong because they never saw it for what it was. Yeah. I mean, we used to have just incredible days. I mean, it's hard to even... Fathom. And, I mean, I'm not that old. I can't imagine what, you know, Jay, Cliff, I mean, Cliff. I mean, I tell you, well, you want to get re-energized about fishing, just talk to that guy <laughs> For real. on a side note. Holy crap. He'll make me want to go. Fi- I'll be standing out there. I hate night fishing. He'll make me drive out there and fish in the night. Like, I mean, he is fired up about it still, which is awesome. But, uh you know, they know. But you get some of these new guys, and, and it's not that they're doing it on purpose. I just think they really don't know mm-hmm. what it could be or what it used to be. Yeah. And so they feel like nothing's wrong when there's plenty wrong.
0: Yeah, yeah. Are you seeing a little bit of an uptick this this year versus years past or what?
1: Uh, I'm, we're seeing a few better fish, but there's still – the numbers just aren't there. Yeah. You know, I, I fish enough. I feel like I'm decent enough to where I could figure it out. But, you know, a good example is the other afternoon. There was four different boats that I know of fishing. One out of the four – crushes them but if you talk to the other three we all like struggled to just get a bite well that's because you're probably not around them it, it's just isolated schools mm-hmm. it seems like and if you land on that school
0: it's good it's good yeah, yeah, yeah. it's still
1: good but you know what's killing us in that bay too is a lack of structure i mm-hmm. mean we have no grass anymore you Interesting. know and we had i don't know how many oyster boats just day in day out just tearing up the little bit of reef that we have left so i mean Those fish are pulling up, eating, and then they're going right back out. You know, they're not, there's no structure for them to to lay up there anymore. And uh, you'll catch them just in a random spot. I mean, I've had guys that I'm like, hey, you know, a customer, he's out there. I'm like, hey, man, there should be down this little deal here. And then he'll walk out there and just walk into a school in the middle of nothing, you know, just because there's no structure anymore. So you're, you know, you're almost just wandering, which... Yeah, I cannot stand.
0: Now, in years past, when you saw kind of these patterns, these cyclical patterns, uh, what was that, could you attribute that to, like, maybe high freshwater events? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I would,
1: you know, Matagorda, at least in my experience, is always, on drought years, is always tougher. Okay. So, you know, you've got rivers, you've got creeks, you've got a lot of stuff that those fish can, can go way up and, and have no reason to come out. I think that constant, you know, in a shrimp hatch is a big deal, too, so... I, it seems like wet years were definitely better for matagorda. Man, I,
0: okay, I'm pulling a thread on this one uh, mainly because, uh, and this is where my own theory for this year. So last year, man, I finished up last year fishing up Laguna Baffin Complex. Uh, man, I will tell you, and even you know, so recent to post freeze, I had really high hopes for some like lots of really big fish. I was like, dude, there's going to be a couple d- double digits this year. I, I had called it earlier. Uh, obviously, year's not over yet, but we're getting pretty close. But uh, point being is, um, man, last year we, we finished up with a bang. And I know it was still somewhat of a drought year per se, but we had certainly a lot more rain than what we had this past year. Yeah. And, and back uh, where I'm fishing, man, I've never seen the water so clear. Oh, my gosh. And And, and I don't know if it's – those fish are now kind of pattern where they'll, and, and I've seen that where they'll eat in, in super low periods of, uh, of daylight and, and mm-hmm. dawn dusk, even at night. And then once that sun co- just creeps up over the horizon, man, like eight o'clock done. where you done pull off super far off. Right. And I'm like, Ugh! like, and so it's hard to just, and then the water was up for so long this year, all this stuff. And so I'm like, damn it, man, like maybe it's because it's a drought year that, the water's insanely clear. Uh, and then secondly, man, those fish have just, yeah, they're, they're just not patterned like they have been in years past where it's, we've definitely had a lot more rainfall. So it's interesting you say that because I never considered it until, shoot, it was like a month ago. Right. <laughs> I'm like, oh man.
1: That's I mean, what... I remember standing, you know, on the North shoreline of East Bay with hyacinths oh, no by yeah, yeah, out of, you know, Peyton Creek out of Chinkapin through Lake Austin and you're sitting there catching seven, eight pound trout. You know, that, we haven't seen that in a long time. That's crazy, man,
0: because the time, i fish uh, fished Matagorda three times with Ian e. Bellevue. Um, and the first time, I can tell you it was high, or, or there was a lot of fresh water. Because as we are rolling down at intercoastal, man, it was like freaking logs and stuff mm-hmm. floating in the intercoastal and stuff like that. And it was, uh, if you go back and look through those, I mean, it's probably one of the dirtier days in terms of water clarity that i've had and i remember right man that water was uh temp- temperature wise was pretty low but in terms of salinity it was it was salty to taste but certainly not like baffin salty where you're oh, kind of like absolutely. yeah you're, you st- know, all crusting. your clothes are starched <laughs> yeah. when you leave out of there <laughs> but man it was phenomenal day it's best day i've ever had in terms of my five fish stringer uh but
1: i actually had him on the boat the other day we oh talked and? About that okay. day. Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's a good dude good fisherman
0: yeah, he's a stick, man. Yep, That's for sure. It it was awesome watching him because we're rolling. We pulled up. I'm like, hey, man, I'm pulling up shallow. He's like, all right, I'll stay deep. <laughs> like an hour later, man, I just constantly see his rod boat up. I'm like, well, I guess they're deep.
1: <laughs> and it's funny you talk about that clear water stuff. Like I'll go down yeah. south and it'll take me a little while. I'm like, there's no way I can catch him in this. And then you do and you're like, Phew, good luck trying to catch one at home like that. I mean, yeah. I'd rather fish in four inches of visibility than, you know. 18
0: inches dude you're belly deep man and you could see your feet you're like what
1: in the hell
0: like i feel like i gotta be throwing like six pound fluoro dude it's like uh, a leader it yeah, will be drop shot before <laughs> long with a little spinning rod if Holy it comes to f-
1: that i'm done for sure by the way i, I am out on that for sure
0: that's awesome man.
1: if i gotta bust out a ferry one and start shaking that little head out there on a 32nd ounce with some six pound fluoro it's bad news hey man i know i said that because i'm sitting there staring at all of them from me. <laughs> oh, man, I, is that what you call uh, yeah, egg beaters, by little fairy wands? That's yeah, funny, I got man. a buddy, Keith Phillips. He used to bass fish. He, uh, he always called him a fairy wand. Well,
0: I, I, hey, man, it's Brett Sweeney, so he's in the house, and, I, and I'll take it from you, man. But I will tell you, you know, in terms of spin and tackle, uh, you see kind of what's on there. Hard baits, uh, certainly jerk baits, have kind of been within my arsenal the last couple of years and in, in their utility. And I, frankly, man, I just – I can throw them on a bait cast,
1: no problem. Oh, there's a uh, lot of great fishermen that use them, dude. I By can, all means, I, I cannot. I, yeah, I just joke. It it's it. They're for sure a time and a place for them. Yeah, no doubt. I, I you know, dead be. slick calm when I'm not casting very far. Somebody, you know, is probably bombing it still yeah. and being way more productive. But I like to be hard headed too much. Unfortunately, yeah.
0: no, I'm with you. So, hey, leading up to the freeze, right? And uh, kind of those last years, to some extent. um, you know, uh, was it 2019, 2020 were kind of the banner years. That's when we kind of started that citation program. Like run us through some of those days, man, that you've had, maybe some catches that you've had that have just been epic maybe before that time. I mean, just some East Matagorda catches that people would just would, would gawk over.
1: Yeah. You know, uh, I'm trying to think, I think it was November 2nd. I know that was the day, but I'm trying to, I can't remember what year it was. Maybe 2008, if I remember right. I had my biggest ten fish stringer, and it was, you know, Grant. This is just measuring them on bogey rip weighing them, letting them go. I didn't measure any fish because it was it was just that kind of a day where you were just wanting to hurry up and catch another mm-hmm. one. And it was around an eighty one ish pound stringer, you know, maybe to the eighty two, but just weighing them, letting them go. And that's the kind of stuff. Now look, that's ungodly, but that's what could happen if you walked in to the right school there, you know, and. You know, you can go fish that. So I've fished that same stuff for the last five years. I don't think I've caught a fish, much less mm-hmm. one of that size. Yeah. You know, it's 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 insane. But that was the super blood moon of, I think it was November 2nd or 3rd. I'm pretty sure it was the 2nd. What now. year? We caught them two days in a row. I'd have to go back and look at yeah. pictures. I'm terrible with that. i <laughs> I know the second day I called a uh, Preston Whitley down. Yeah, and he, uh, his first fish that morning we barely got out of the boat. He catches a nine and three quarter. And I was like, I wasn't lying to you, at least, <laughs> <laughs> you know. And I think he followed up with an eight and three quarter. I mean, we it was yeah. just there was a stretch there where some giants had pulled up and they were doing their deal, and it was it was insane. And it was when we kind of weren't supposed to catch them. I mean, catching them knee deep on a uh, floating fat boys in dead calm, just mm-hmm. kind of. The opposite of what, yeah, you would think. You would think, yeah, of yeah. course, yeah. You, that's why sometimes you just gotta. But that was one of those days I was fishing by myself, just wanted to go see if I could catch a big one, and then you find that kind of a deal. You because like, so, you know with customers I'd have never went and done that. You know you're just doing some stuff against the grain trying to find find the the one, and you walk into a bunch of ones.
0: And that's when you wish like, dude, I wish he was here. Dude, I wish. And then like you take all these pictures or whatever it is, and you are like, bro, I just caught a ten ten. 10-fish stringer, 80. It, it was, was it in, 81 it was, pounds. It was
1: insane. And it was like, the funnest couple right, of days. Right, yeah. I mean, it was it was crazy. We'd, we'd catch one, and it'd be like, oh, it's just seven-pounder. I mean, and that, that stringer, you know, that's not with the six to sevens that were with it, you know.
0: Unreal. So Matagorda, for me, was uh, what I've learned, you know, again, in an extremely limited time. But even, uh, again, kind of talking with Leroy, in, in Fish and Legends events there, what I had seen uh, with Fish and with Ian, man, is that place is kind of like a feast or famine type joint, man. Where, it is absolutely that. Where it, it can be 81-pound stringer, or for me, like, uh, my five-fish string was 36 pounds, um, which is nothing, but point being is, like, nice. that was certainly my Over biggest, seven. but, but man, it has that capability, right, which is insane. But you will go hours without a bite, And in... Minor kicks in or major, or whatever it that's was, it. or some sort of wind event, boom, and it just fires off, man. What? Why do you think you know, that's it, the case there? And I that's
1: had? uh, that's what's tough about, you know. I try to get these guys, and a lot of, of course, a lot of my people will go fish other bay systems with other guides, and and even you know they'll, luckily they keep coming back, you yeah. know, hoping for one of those days. But it's crazy that they'll go down there like it's just unreal to me how we can. You go fish any other bay system, and we can at least go catch little ones or you know. And uh I mean it's a feast or famine. There's times, you know, like you said, you'll go three, four hours without a bite, and then all of a sudden three casts in a row, you caught three yep. over seven. You yeah, know, and that's well, that's why we've been standing here. You know, I had a day like that this year where man, I mean, we could not get anything going. And then the wind picked up for ten minutes, and boom, just like that I we had a couple over seven, like a handful of fives. I lost an absolute giant. Biggest fish I've seen since the freeze. and But it can happen just like that, yeah. you know. Uh, and that's what keeps you going.
0: Is that just because it's a, it's a low-tidal fishery, or is that? I,
1: you well, know, it used to not be that bad. I just, I just honestly think we do not have as many fish living on the bank as we used to. Interesting. And that's, you know, and I think they just pull off. You know, the other day was a prime example. It was pretty calm. Water was real clear. And there was just some muddy streaks, you know, right out off the bank. Mm -hmm. We'd go drift it. My buddy was drifting next to me. He catches two sevens. We catch a couple fives. He catches a couple. Well, that's that school that we were fishing for on the bank that we couldn't get to bite. Well, then that afternoon, the wind starts cranking and they pull Pull up up. yeah, and we get out of the boat and catch them. You know, that's that's just what those fish do. And I I really think a lot of it has to do with our lack of structure now. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, you can even get on drools lump. I mean, popular deal, and I mean it's like walking on gravel now. Hmm. When back in the day, you'd hook a fish, you'd actually break them off. Yep. I mean, it was tall, living, clumpy shell, and and now it's just beat down gravel. I mean, w- what's going to keep them up there? Yeah, you know, and you can watch the bait; they'll they even swim up to the bank now. It's you know, they don't even stay up. Hmm. I mean, what's going to keep them there? Just bald, bald land. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't want to live up there either. Yeah, man, that's interesting. Especially when you know. These days, it's either somebody tower boating or driving up and down the banks 24-7. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to stay up there much either in the daylight. Yeah. Man, that, what
0: an interesting dynamic uh, with that. And, and I never even considered lack of grass uh, in the oh, loss absolutely. of that. Is that because of I would the would love oyster I've, I've guys asked,
1: I have asked everybody under the sun their opinion, and you can't high get salinity? an answer. Well, I, I mean, we, it hadn't been high salinity that long. I mean, we haven't had grass in
0: Oh, has it been that so, long? I mean,
1: 10, 12 years. Oh, no kidding. I, I mean, as a kid, we would go into Co- Hog Island. Cambridge. I mean, you couldn't walk through it. I mean, it was knee-deep, you know,
0: no kidding. and grass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean,
1: it was, we would throw single hooks and weedless bass assassins because the grass would be so bad. i will be damned. And now if you see one patch, you're excited about it. Hmm. I mean, it. I, I don't know. I've asked and called a lot of people, but nobody seems to have an answer. Hmm. That's
0: you have like a. Brown... I mean, a
1: perfect example is when fishing gets tough. Say during those three to four hour lulls or whatever you want to call yeah. them, well, your odds go up if you have a black grass bed to stand there and tell everybody to throw at repeatedly. Repeat, they're there. Just keep casting; they're going to fire off. Yeah. Well, now you're like, well, I don't know. They might just be a hundred yards in front of us on the drop. They might, you know. Yeah. So it's a, it, They're just a lot more unpredictable. Hmm. So it's almost, you know, you're willing to to do a little more walking and get out of where they should be to go look for them because you're not sure if they're pulling up when they're pulling up, you know, yeah. it's it's just way more unpredictable than it used to be yeah. for sure.
0: Have you seen that, um, you know, certainly times fishing uh, legends and other events and in other base systems. I mean, you see kind of that, that kind of fluctuation in terms of structure.
1: So no, I mean, I or just east down valley. South looks great. I mean, we, I love going down there. I mean, that's, that may be where I end up somewhere, you know, Baffin South. I mean, yeah. it, it's, it's amazing to actually throw in a sand hole and catch fish where it's supposed to be, yeah. you know. It's nice actually walking around throwing at structure. And, uh, nah, I mean, all that down there seems healthy to me. Now, I'm sure if they get brown tide back or, you know, that could all change. But their system looks pretty healthy down there. So, yeah, you know, hopefully ours will cycle back. I just The grass deal is, is real intriguing to me. I don't understand... Where it's all at,
0: yeah, yeah, and like listening to Cliffs, you know, going back and kind of replaying in my head when he was talking on Cliff's podcast, you know, him running Rivera Channel, he's like, dude, it like it was so clear, and then so then talking to Scott Murray, um in terms, I didn't realize maybe how bad maybe water quality was in Baffin uh and certainly brownside events and stuff back there, uh, again, I just haven't lived here long enough and fished the fishery long enough uh to tell you that, but um, I can tell you, I, I would imagine that it, the water clarity, I can't think of how it gets any clearer, uh, you know, uh, than, than what Cliff, Cliff's talking about, you know? And so that's good to and he see. He I mean, yeah, that's good to see. Uh, and even Scott Murray, you know, he, he messaged me and said that, you know, the water cloud, clara- uh, water uh, quality has come back, uh, certainly in the, in the Baffin complex, which is good. And, and so it seems like the fish and the volume of fish are there. I just haven't seen the size that I've seen in years past, but that's probably because, one, I'm a terrible fisherman, and secondly, man, they just have adapted, and it's something I haven't experienced before, and so I haven't been able to adjust. You know? Man, so, I doubt
1: that. You know, I, I don't think that's the problem. I think they're probably, you know, they have numbers, but the same deal, that upper class of fish just might not be there. I yeah. mean, it's a hard pill to swallow, but. No, that's true. I mean, but, you know, we would go, I mean, we did not fish that much down there. And we could, we would leave, you know, a couple of buddies or whatever. And we would, it just seemed like we would catch real big ones. And I mean, Matagorda was the same way and, and that just doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, all the fives and you know, that mid size to low size is there. It's just, I think those, those upper end fish just aren't as available as they used to be. yeah
0: Well, I mean, maybe so. I mean, maybe that's why we've seen, you know, a little bit of the numbers taper off in the state citation program. Um we're trying to do our best in terms of, you know, marketing it and, and things that nature. But like I mentioned before, we had 195 from 2019 to 2020 and 158 out of all the states this past year. So yep. um maybe we're just not seeing the volume of fish that we've seen in years past. And yeah, to your point, maybe that is the hard pill to swallow, but man, let, I hope we can get back to that. Right. And that's really the intent, man. So, I mean, Absolutely. you know, you're, I mean,
1: I pray it gets back. I, I would love to share with some of these guys that are working their tail off to get better those kind of days. I mean, they get tired of hearing me about it. We pull up somewhere, and I, you know, you give them the pep talk, the speech about what you've done there in the past and what we're going to do. Yeah. And, you know, I would love for them to see those days. It's just uh, – man, I, I I don't think it's just the freeze. I think it's, it's, you know, a handful of things that's going on. And I hope we get it turned around because it sure was fun. Yeah. <laughs> I mean –
0: Oof! I, I can only imagine. I mean, eighty-one pounds, ten fish in a day. I, I one I can't even imagine. You and then listen to stories like Cliff, man, like oh, freaking yeah. ten fish, hundred pounds. Insane. And I, he's not the only Mickey one. Too, heard that right? Front. Didn't Mickey yeah.
1: have like a ninety-something pound stringer? I mean, that's two ends of the world, right? Like you're yeah. ones in Galveston, ones in. I mean. There ain't been nothing like that. You could probably combine everybody's 10 fish on the whole coast right now, top 10, and it wouldn't add up to that. So
0: it, You'd break the internet, man. Yeah, oh, you, absolutely. It, Oof, if I you would, caught a 10 fish, 100-pound stringer, oh, my God, right now. Like I'd that probably would,
1: faint. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, you came close. <laughs> Whew, I 20 more pounds. That would be unreal, wouldn't it? Holy crap. Think about that. Dude, 8-pound average. Yeah, well, think about a 10-pound average.
0: Most people listen I mean, to this, to include myself,
1: I've only caught a handful of eights, man, uh, and, and man, some it's, stuff. It's very difficult. You know, some, a buddy said it the other day, you know, now the the sevens back then are the sixes now, the eights back then are the sevens now. Yeah, I've heard like, that. We can still catch – I feel like I can go catch a seven-pounder if I need to, but it's real hard to get that eight-plus. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did see one other day, though, so there, there's hope. Yeah.
0: Well, I think, man, if we could shift a little bit of that mindset – Get people kind of make maybe taking a little bit more of an active approach. I've I've talked about this ad nauseum uh through the podcast, but it's it's gonna have to
1: happen to make it get back. If I people mean, do their part, man, I think we can get back to that. But
0: that's what waits on the other end, man. And so that's what I keep trying to echo with folks and, and that's why it's important to have you, Jay, Cliff, Leroy, um, Rousey, I mean, Jesus, man, you name it. Have I'm gonna have John Gill here on, you know, in, in the next couple yeah. weeks, That'd dude, be, that's a, That'd be a good. Be that's a, good a list. stick. John man. Gill's a hammer. But dude, that's the thing, man. Is like they're kind of echoing the same things of Mike Blackwood. Crap, man. I mean, he was because well, a-
1: all those you're all you're all listing names of guys that saw it even past me. You know what I mean? So they know what it's like now compared to then. I mean, and they're all oof. like.
0: That's why it's important to kind of get their stories out there because, man, that's what it was. Let's get back to that. Because I can tell you, like, OHIV, what, you saw that guy, dude, catch a 17-pound large So I,
1: Jason mm-hmm. Khan, shout out to – I, I fished with him. Biggest bass I've ever caught was with him. He's a good dude. There's, but, I mean, so that's a good – I actually wrote that down on a little pad of what I want to talk – you know, bass – no, look, we're, we can't compare that right, but what are probably the two top game fish – in the state of Texas, probably a, oh, a bass and a trout. trout. Probably yep. maybe a redfish, but probably a trout. And we've got one that has its own program for giants, and they—I mean—that's ba- that's their baby. You would, you wouldn't have—they would slash your boat tires at the ramp if you got caught. Keeping, keeping a five or six pounder, yeah. But then, you know when fishing's even halfway good, it, you know before the limit change of course yeah. they can kill them all. It's fun. Oh, well, it's you know this is a Gulf of Mexico. We can't kill them all. Well. I, don't, I mean, can we? I mean, it's, it's well, starting to, it's starting to you know.
0: I'll take it a different direction, though, too. So, yes, not only from angler mindset, but I would say, dude, there's not a place up in OHIV or surrounding areas. Lodging, guides, oh, bait shops, whatever it is, that ain't just completely inundated right now because dudes are catching giant smallies, uh, giant largemouth. I mean, dude, there's monster bags oh, coming sure. out of that lake right now. And so... And it's getting blown up, which sucks because, I mean, I, I'm sure it's going to see an increase in pressure. But, dude, if I was a guy in that lake, I'd be
1: like, this is the
0: greatest thing since sliced bread yeah.
1: because – Well, the only thing I'll give them to that where bass fishing is different is, you know, I think a lot of that – there's probably a bunch of lakes that have been that good for a while, but the live scope stuff, oh, and yeah, that, yeah. you know, the video game fishing stuff <laughs> has kind of changed how they can catch those fish. But, no, I mean, I mean, I completely get it. I mean – yeah I, I have a feeling it can be done it's just how do we get there
0: but if you were catching 81 pound stringers not on a regular but oh, you were catching 50 pound stringers right oh yeah
1: dude there were so many days i had,
0: mean you'd be book solid
1: oh absolutely and that's what i'm like man. Well, if and, you get and that i would bag- be able to sleep good at night <laughs> <laughs> i wouldn't be laying there stressed out all the time yeah. you know it would be nice to just go know you're gonna jack them every time you know
0: yeah, I know, man, and and it is two different worlds and I get it, man, but I think that's a great potential like real world example if you took a share lunker program or you know some sort of like investment back into a fishery and you made it truly world class that it's going to pay enormous dividends to the local economy to everything else that kind of surrounds it and it takes some sacrifice and it takes some angler mindset shift to where yeah you're going to get crucified if you keep a five five pound fish but hey man if it comes to that but you have a world-class fisher in a back end dude like that's what to some extent awaits you know and i know there's a lot there's so many different variables right but
1: yeah and and, but it could happen man it definitely could but a little bit of what you said could maybe even be a little bit of a problem you know that boost in economy there there's some stuff that could there's an elephant in the room that it could help majorly if they would do one thing and anybody that trout fishes on the Texas coast knows what I'm talking about, but it'll never happen. And we all know what it is, but you know, you know how much money people would be out if they did that. So yeah, I I expect that to, to never happen, but I would bet within three years, if they do that, it would be an unreal turnaround.
0: I don't know if there has been, probably yeah, not. But we
1: could beat that horse tonight. I mean, it, it's no, been talked yeah. about Sorry. by everybody. But you know what I mean? It's Everybody acts like they want to get it fixed, but do they really want to get it fixed? You fair. Know? That's fair. That's fair. You know, me and you do. A lot of the guys that have seen it do, but not everybody. Yeah. no, that Because the minute it would turn that uptick, oh, guys, it's back. Well, it's back. Let's go. Yeah, we bang. Open them limits back up. Let's yeah. go. I mean, I've seen it. it it's, I've yeah. seen some sickening stuff at those cleaning tables, especially back in the day when you could each one have a one over twenty five and it's July, August, mm. and they all got twenty eight inches laying everywhere. You know,
0: for those not in the room, I just saluted because <laughs> I finally picked up what he's putting down. But anyway, guy, uh, yeah, I was like, I was kind of stumped there. Maybe it was the bourbon talking, but, now, but we know what it is. Yeah, uh, the little
1: golden cricket. We, <laughs>
0: You said it. No, we won't go there, man. But it, it, I, I think even to that extent, it really gets back to angling mindset. I know that's an enabler, right? Uh, but if you have the right mindset and you're taking care of fishery, I think that's a start, right? Oh, and absolutely. This, I, would be I mean, I've
1: had customers now that used to always keep them, and now they don't keep any. Yeah. They're like, hey, man, if it's tough, we see it's tough. We're fishing with you. We see it's tough. We see what it was not that long ago. Well, let's not keep them. You know, if we yeah. catch a redfish or a flounder, we might keep it. But it, that's what I, I think a lot of people don't understand. You, if you explain to them the situation, they're pretty willing to listen. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I wonder if uh, Texas Parks and Wildlife is considered like a share lunker program for.
1: It'd be interesting to Like Dirty Thirties. Right? It'd be real neat. I might
0: actually message him on that. The the difference is, is, John. You,
1: know, you know, a lot of those guys catching those big bass have, are so prepared, you know, with live whales and stuff. I don't. I don't know, you know. I mean, even the star tournament. How how are we still just, you know? Well, I, well, post freeze. I guess we don't have a drop. Tr- but how are we still just all killing big trout? No, it's fair. Know, I mean,
0: but I got to commend. Hey, I got to commend Patrick. You know, Chad, for the legends and oh, absolutely
1: that amazing format. If that's if anything else, that's an amazing learning tool. I mean, it it's convenient for the fishermen. Everybody, I mean, it's amazing. Yeah. That that needed to be done. He got it done, and it it works great. Yeah, I'm all in on that way. That's. That's a great way to do it.
0: But hopefully other tournament venues kind of pick up on that. It shows that it can be done. Even a star tournament, man, where you don't have to bring them to an actual official weigh station, uh, to, to kill these fish. And, and, and basically, cause I mean. Or just
1: tag some trout. How about just heard, tag heard some 18 that. inch trout or something, you know, yeah. instead of having to kill the big ones. I don't...
0: Man alive. <laughs> hey, we're don't so- get me
1: sad. I'll <laughs> get fired up about killing big <laughs> we, trout. I don't like We that.
0: are solving the world's problems here in, uh, here in san antonio man so um but i did want to leave with one uh last question and that was uh what was the biggest trout you ever caught and kind of what stands out from that day
1: uh it was around 32 inches i didn't i don't ever hardly weigh uh measure any i don't like walking them back to the boat uh i just normally weigh them take a picture and let them go but it was it was 11 pounds and that was uh that was the only trout i caught that day So that that goes to show, just always keep your mind in the game because it it can happen in any second. What'd you catch her on? Uh, Orange skitterwalt. No kidding.
0: Yeah, and now you did mention, and I apologize, I completely whiffed on that. But you know, touching a little bit on corkies and and things that nature—that's kind of your forte. That's kind of—that's what I love to catch them on. I mean,
1: I catch them on a on a corky fat boy is by far my favorite way to do it. It's not always the most effective, but. Sometimes I like to be hard headed mm-hmm. and just catch them my way, but it is it is definitely, without a doubt, my favorite bait to throw. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just so.
0: Floaters are the regular.
1: I throw the regular. Okay. I, I got to be fishing super super shallow to to throw a floater. I uh, I work mine extremely fast. Anybody that fishes with me knows I I move it way faster than a lot of people can imagine almost. But it uh. That's definitely my favorite method of catching a trout yeah. for sure,
0: and it's fun to see that kind of catch on with Speckled Truth uh, up the East Coast, Virginia, North Carolina complexes, yeah, awesome. and and, yeah. and see that bait kind of really shine uh, in in different you know complexes. And then not only that, but then to actually talk to Paul Brown on the podcast about how how that bait was not the uh, fat boy, but the the yeah, super. Awesome. Oh my god, dude. super awesome! Like, but point being, man, is is uh, those baits. They transcend state lines, but aside from that, man, they're so addicting and so effective, so insanely effective. But the guys up in the northeast, they've catch them, you know, on certain different techniques. Uh, some fish them super slow, you know, all that stuff. But oh, we yeah. hear here, like, well, oh, that's what
1: that's what's so awesome about that bait is, you know, and that's that bait. That's what's cool about it is, me, you know, fishing those tournaments. Me, Jake, and Clayton can be standing in a line, and all three of us are doing it different. You. A lot of it's between your ears. You've yeah. got to have confidence and figure out how to do it yourself. Because if you try to do what I'm doing and you only fish four or five times a year, yeah. it's, it's so many little, you know, gear ratio, the rod, the, I mean, so many different little things that you yeah. can go into that, you know, that's what's fun about that bait is you can do so many different things with it.
0: And, um, so, uh, to that point man i was you know i had pops here this past weekend man and and uh you know he's caught a handful of fish on a soft on xl and and some soft ons and stuff like that so anyway we're throwing uh some soft on xls again uh and baffin and and uh i caught like three pretty much back to back pretty nice fish you know 24 25 inch fish and so he's like damn it son and uh he's like yeah i know one of those i'm like yeah man so i gave it to him he hooked it up I'm like, hey man slide in here you know i'll pull off and and just kind of let him do his thing, dude. He ended up catching two almost in like ten casts. And then uh, the rest of the day, like they kind of shifted. I pulled back off, and then I started catching him on a jerk bait. And I was catching him pretty hot and heavy. And I said, "Man, you want jerk bait?" He's like, "I'm good." I, yep. Hey man, <laughs> it's once because you find, a thump man. Once he's you like,
1: find your deal, it's it's hard to get off of it.
0: He's like, "Man, I don't get a chance to do this much, you know, because the tide's so heavy in Louisiana." But he's like, "Man, it's I'd rather catch one." You know, feel that heavy thump and feel them suck that bait, oh, son. Man. You know,
1: dude, and they hit it so hard, your whole rod rattles yeah. and then your knees rattle. I mean, there's just, if they, I always tell everybody, if they could bottle that, I'd be a thump <laughs> addict like you ain't ever seen. Like, it'd be ridiculous. You just over and over. Gotta for real, have it, gotta have it. Man, it's there's nothing like it. You sure. can f- you can feel it in your hands. Oh, right there's now. no doubt. I get excited Boom. thinking about it. There's so many the bites going through my head right now where I'm like, you can hear the braid rattling in the yep. eyes. They hit it so hard good stuff man. that's awesome man well hey
0: Brett um thanks so much man for coming
1: no thanks for having me. long
0: overdue long overdue hopefully we, we touched on uh some things that I think what we had mentioned back uh in our original phone call I think we did I uh, yeah. really think we captured the essence of that conversation and to be honest with you man it's just really an honor man to have you here um
1: oh it's an honor to be on any any time you can be included with the guys you've had on here you know it's a prestigious thing it's it's pretty awesome
0: the cool thing about it man is like there's there's a core group of you guys and I think you know from David to you to again kind of Lowell to Jay to McBride like uh getting back to the phone call that you took before here you know Mike Herring uh Mainstream Marketing you know and and it's it's
1: not. We so can't. We can't forget about J Ray either. Uh, J uh, you know I mean? Ray, We can't leave J. He's gonna kick our ass. Yeah, I'm about to say. He, we're, got, we're, he got dreadlocks now, so <laughs> we can. We can mess. Got to include J Ray. Basketball shorts and dreadlocks. This I think he'll be right on the
0: podcast. I know uh, Kyle's trying to set it up with him, but I said, and you may know. I this, beat you, J Ray. So don't don't answer this. But I said, uh oh, does, does J Ray have dreadlocks? He's like, yeah, he probably lost a bet or something like that. So he's like, man, that dude's – Anyway, I won't go there. Uh, <laughs> we'll we'll ask him right. Up. But long story short, man, is it? It's not surprising that the the core group of of you guys kind of center around and kind of uh, huddle around and kind of you know share the same company, man. So you're certainly in that company, and and to have you at the house, man, is insanely appreciative. Uh, so thanks again, Brad. I, I really appreciate you being here, bud.
1: Man, and thanks for having me on, and this whole. You know the Speckle Truth deal is—it's taken off, and we're getting the word. Out. I mean, it's growing what? It's got to be growing unreal compared to you know when you first started.
0: Oh yeah, well yeah. Uh, so I, I haven't looked lately, but um, shoot man, it's probably like six, seven months ago we hit three hundred thousand downloads man, in incredible. a podcast, I mean, which never in a million years I thought that would happen.
1: But uh, that, that just shows you're putting out good content, you know. And we're spreading, you know, hopefully spreading the right word, you know. Let's get it back to what it was. I mean, I want to, I want to see other people I ain't got to catch them anymore but I mean I want to of course but I'd love to see other people you know my nephews ate up with I'd love to see them get to see what it you know not just fish for a big one let's go catch a pile of big ones yeah you know why do we got to just catch one let's that's catch the, a bunch of them
0: that's the intent man is to get that story out there get that audio library out there from the Bruce Boss and and all these cats man to to see this is hey guys and I uh, say, guys, everybody listening to this podcast, like you are part It'll of it. Get you fired up, man! No, for yeah, real. Like yeah. you are part of, like, hey, we can we can do this, right? We can step it back to the right direction. It takes one step at a time, one small sacrifice at a time, and so let's do that because catching a pile of big ones sounds a hell of a lot better to me. And Aaron Martin's actually the late Aaron Martin's, who was on a podcast, uh, had mentioned uh, before he passed away. Man, it was like one of certainly one of the last podcasts that he did, which was, you know. Man, catching you know five and six pounders is a lot better than catching
1: twos and threes. Absolutely, good dude. Hell of a fisherman too, man. He was fun to watch.
0: That's crazy to think, man. I was like one of the last pike, you know, last times that, you know, before he passed away. But man, I I, I share that echo uh, or sentiment, man. Which is, yeah, catching fives and six and sevens Absolutely. sounds a hell of a lot better than twos and threes and fours. Like man. I'd so, love
1: to be sitting around in a few years telling Cliff Webb stories. I mean, if that don't get you fired up, you know any of those guys that you talk to in those old days, you know, whether it be Leroy, John, it's, you know, hearing those good old school stories, let's just get it back to that. Yeah. You know, why it got to be the old days? Uh, Why don't we just make it the new days and let's get there. And now look, mother nature, if she comes and does what she did again, but you know, those are pretty spread out. You know, if we do our part, it'll be, it'll get back.
0: Yeah. I agree. I agree, Brett.
1: I really think so.
0: Well, buddy, uh, thanks so much, man. And, uh, I'm going to get you on the road back awesome, home brother I greatly appreciate it man Yeah, so hey I'm going to wrap it up real quick uh, hey thanks so much to all of our sponsors uh, Hook and Bullet Sunglasses Texas Custom Lures the original Custom Corky Mirror Lore, Real Sportswear uh, yeah. who am I missing uh, oh Down South Lures I think I'm missing one more and for that I apologize I'll pay you on the back end but anyway in short hey thanks so much uh, for their sponsorship uh, thanks so much for your listenership and definitely support those guys because without them none of these conversations happen and so until next time guys tight lines god bless always remember take what you need and release the rest god bless